Welcome to the teaching ministry of Magnolia's First. To learn more, visit m1bc.org. Well, good morning on this first chilly Sunday of the new year. It's so good to see everyone here in the room in the worship center and those of you who are watching online. It is great to be with you this morning. Uh, You know, we preachers have certain things that we say in sermons that we're pretty sure are going to get an amen or two from a Baptist crowd. Uh, And then we have things that we know are going to get a big, hearty amen from almost everybody. They're kind of the home run statement. So I'm going to start this message with a home run statement. We are all glad to have 2020 behind us. Yeah, I knew it. I knew you'd, you'd come through. Because 2021 has to be a better year, right? And yet, there are still so many things that are uncertain and would even create fear in the hearts of some. Uh, the vaccine, and I've heard opinions, everything from confident optimism to skeptical cynicism about the, the vaccine. And when will everyone have had the opportunity to get vaccinated? And then uh, when do we finally achieve that famous herd immunity that we've heard so much about? When will we be able to shake hands and hug one another again? And the economy... How is that going to recover or will it continue to falter and decline in this year? And and how does that affect people's jobs and their personal finances? And then there's the apparent coming transition of power in the White House. And how will that affect our nation? And in particular, how will that affect Christians related to issues of religious liberty. And the racial and social unrest that swept over our country in 2020, will that subside or will it increase? And I could go on and on, could I not? There are so many things that are uncertain and fearful. And perhaps other than times of world war and the year that we just finally finished, 2021 might be the greatest year of uncertainty and fear. And so I posed a question, how should we think about this as Bible-believing Christ followers? Well, that's what I want to address in this brand new three-week series with which we begin 2021. The series is entitled, An Overcoming Faith, Facing Uncertainty Without Fear. And there are three words of encouragement and challenge that I want to share with you in these three weeks. Next week, the message will be entitled, Be Persuasive. Be Persuasive. Maintain your convictions with grace. And then January 17th, the message will be, Be Courageous. Be courageous. Let faith extinguish your fear. But today, I want to kind of set the foundation for this series with a message entitled, Be Confident. Be confident. Believe in God's sovereignty. 
Uh, Perhaps the most quoted phrase among Bible-believing Christians in this last year of turmoil was this one. See if you said it any time in the last few months. God is in control. God is in control. I, I think all of us have said that not once, but many times. But what does that really even mean? God is in control. That's what I want to try to unpack, uh, at least partially, in today's message about how we all can face 2021 with faith and confidence. And today's big idea, that one sentence uh, summary of the whole theme of the message for today is this, we can live with confidence in our sovereign God. We can live with confidence in 2021 in our sovereign God. I want to start off by letting you hear the words that the Lord said about himself through the prophet Isaiah so long ago in Isaiah 46, beginning with verse 9. Listen to what God said about himself. Remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God, and there is none like me. Only I can tell you the future before it even happens. Everything I plan will come to pass, for I do whatever I wish. I will call a swift bird of prey from the east, a leader from a distant land to come and do my bidding. I have said what I would do, and I will do it. You know, secular evolutionists believe that this world, uh, our universe, and the vast expanse of solar systems beyond our even ability to discover that are millions of light years across, all the way down to the tiniest subatomic particles... Secular evolutionists believe that all that just came together by accident. Just a a series of happenstance that given enough time, accidental forces will come together and even the most complex dimension of creation, human life, happened by evolutionary processes. And I heard heard one estimate that it has taken 18 billion years for that to happen, to get us to where we are today. I have no idea where they came up with that that figure. Uh, But that great theologian, Mark Lowry, (laughs) in one of his comic routines with the Gaither vocal man years ago, talked about it, and he said, you know, if you were to take my Timex, and I suspect it was really a Rolex, but if you were to take my Timex, he said, and take it apart, every little tiny part of my watch, and just put all the parts disconnected together in a bag, and you were to shake it for 18 billion years... He said, you would not be able to reach into that bag and pull out a fully assembled, finely functioning watch. And his homespun illustration 
was to make the point that it takes far more faith to believe in the creation that we see today happen by accident than it does to believe that there is a creator God. A God who created all that there is and who controls all that there is. Or I put it this way. Nothing in all creation happens that was not known by our sovereign God and allowed or caused for his divine purpose. I want us on this first Sunday of the year to think of the majesty and the glory and the grandeur of our God. I want you to go on a biblical journey with me for the next few moments. I want you to enter into the praise of the psalmist. I want you to focus your mind and listen with your heart to the words of the psalmist in Psalms 147 and 148 as I've selected these verses from this rich psalm of praise about your God. The psalmist said, praise the Lord. How good to sing praises to our God. How delightful and how fitting. He counts the stars and calls them all by name. How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. He covers the heavens with clouds, provides rain for the earth, and makes the grass grow in mountain pastures. He gives food to the wild animals and feeds the young ravens when they cry. He sends the snow like white wool. He scatters frost upon the ground like ashes. He hurls the hail like stones. Who can stand against his freezing cold? Then at his command, it all melts. He sends his wind and the ice thaws. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you twinkling stars. Praise him, skies above. Praise him, vapors high above the clouds. Let every created thing give praise to the Lord, for he issued his command and they came into being. He set them in place forever and ever. His decree will never be revoked. Praise the Lord from the earth, you creatures of the ocean depths. Fire and hail, snow and clouds, wind and weather that obey him. Mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all livestock, small scurrying animals and birds, kings of the earth and all people, rulers and judges of the earth, young men and young women, old men and children. Let them all praise the name of the Lord. For his name is very great. His glory towers over the earth and heaven. Brothers and sisters, how great is the God that we know and love and serve. And who, if you have become a Christ follower by faith in his Son, is now our heavenly Father. Praise be to him. 
And yet as we think of the greatness and the grandeur and the majesty and the glory of our God, the question comes, if God is good, and he is, and if God is in control, and he is, then why do horrible, heartbreaking, unjust things happen in our world every day that cause tragedy and devastation in the lives of people who know him and people who do not? And to answer that question, you've got to go all the way back to creation to the opening of the Word of God in the book of Genesis, when we see the story of how Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden corrupted God's perfect creation by their sinful, willful, rebellious choice against a loving God. And that when creation was corrupted by sin, pain and suffering and injustice infected all of creation and the human race. And it has been wreaking havoc and it continues to do so and shall continue to do so until our Lord and Savior Jesus returns to redeem his creation. And yet we misunderstand our sovereign God. Now listen, we misunderstand our sovereign God when we blame him for what mankind has brought upon itself. Our redemptive God, however, in his redemptive love and mercy can and does bring good even out of tragedy. Or may I say it this way, though evil and suffering happen in a fallen world, God is not the author of evil, but he allows it for his purposes. And that that landmark verse of the Apostle Paul from the 8th chapter of Romans gives us a perspective we must understand and embrace. Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good. Everything is not good. Evil, suffering, and injustice are not good. But our God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So Paul is saying, in the beauty and the blessing of this world, there is also pain and suffering. And we look at that and we have seen it manifested so overwhelmingly in 2020. When we look at that, we ask ourselves, must we as a human race, even God's people among those who are unredeemed, must we always endure this? Is this our forever environment? Must the horrendous consequences of sin always without end bring pain and evil? because of what Adam and Eve did so long ago? And to that question, I say a resounding no. No. 
Our God's sovereign plan will climax with a new heaven and a new earth where there will be no pain and suffering. And if we had the time, I would take you to Revelation chapter 21. I encourage you to read it later today as John describes the vision that God gave him of that new heaven and the new earth where there will be no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering, no more evil, where the Lamb of God will be the light forever and ever. We as the people of God have an eternal perspective on where God is taking his corrupted creation that man ruined with his sin and that he will redeem it. And so the Apostle Paul, in writing to the church in Colossae, we have it as the book of Colossians, told us to to have this forever perspective. Look at what he said, Colossians 3, beginning with verse 1 words to your heart. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits at the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Paul is not saying, don't be responsible, don't be productive, don't be accountable while you live on earth. He's not saying that. But he's saying in your perspective, in your big picture view, in your worldview as a redeemed follower of Jesus Christ, let heaven change that perspective, broaden that perspective, undergird that perspective with the reality that this sin-corrupted world is not our final home but that there is a destiny awaiting us. And so with our hearts and our minds set on the glorious future and destiny that is ours, our promised hope in Christ, how do we live in this not yet era of human history? How how do we live in anticipation but still awaiting Christ's return? Or if I can put the question in another way, let me ask it like this. What does God's sovereignty mean for our everyday lives? In the here and now, what does our sovereign God, our God who we rightly profess is in control, what does it mean? What are the things that we can know that can bring us confidence as we live in the sin-cursed world of not yet? Well, I want to give you a few of those. Here's, here's where I want to start. Here's what you can know with confidence. God loves us. He values us. And he watches over every detail of our lives. Every detail of our lives. I want you to hear what Jesus said about you. This is is incredibly personal if you're a Christ follower. Here's what Jesus said about how he feels about you. Matthew 10, beginning with verse 29. What is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin? 
but not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So, don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Isn't that good? And you know, I can't read those words of Jesus without thinking about a song that I learned as a boy. Some of you who grew up in church probably know it too. It says, why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home when Jesus is my portion? My constant friend is he. His eyes on the sparrow. And I know he watches me, his eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Isn't that powerful? I read these words in one of my devotionals this week. There's never a place we can go where his presence won't be there first. He's in our yesterday, he's in our today, and he's in our tomorrow all at the same time. He rejoices over us, rewards us, blesses us, and smothers us with his forgiveness and grace every day throughout the day. In addition to the good, there is no tragedy we'll face, no hardship we'll endure, and no adversity we will encounter where God is not with us, steadily holding us up with his mighty, righteous, and perfect right hand. Isn't that good? The devotional went on to make three statements that just impacted my heart. The first was this, when you go through devastating situations, he is with you. Some of you have gone through devastating situations in 2020. Some have lost a loved one this last year. Many have gotten sick. We have had deaths, even in our church family, five of our members died from COVID and many more were infected. Some have gone through divorces, others have lost their jobs, others have had their personal finances just crumble. There are those who have just gone through devastating situations and he never promised us that we would not encounter devastating situations. In fact, he promised us we would. But he also promised us that in every one, he would be with us. With us. Another statement that I read was, when your life seems to be spinning out of control... He is with you. 
You ever felt like that? That your life was just spinning out of control? You couldn't see a way out? I've had people say that to me, Pastor, I just don't see a way out. I, I don't see an answer to this. I don't see a solution to this. It's, it's, my life is just spinning out of control. And, and I want to say, if you're a child of God, your life cannot spin out of control. Because your God is with you. He knew what you would be going through. He had a plan to get you through it. Painful though it may be, it is not out of control. Our God is in control. And a third statement was this. When you can't see the path or even the next step, he is with you. When you can't figure out which way to go, you, you don't even know which direction to turn, you, you just are clueless about how to move forward, God is with you, and he will direct you when and how he chooses. You know, in my pulpit teaching ministry for 30-plus years here, there, there really are just two objectives that I have for you when, when I seek to teach God's Word. It has to do with two things, what you believe and how you behave. What you believe and how you behave. Really, it, it all comes down to that. And usually, I end a message with next steps that fall more into the how you behave category. And I will challenge you and encourage you to do certain things or not do certain things that align with Scripture in your Christian life. But, but today, I, I just understand this, that how we behave is really based on what we believe. And so my next steps today are not really about how you behave, but it's what you believe. Because if you believe rightly in 2021, you will behave godly in 2021. So there's three things, three next steps, things I want you to believe, things that you can be confident in. And so I share them as I close today's message. Be confident of this. Number one, we serve a sovereign God who created all things and is in control of all things. Sometimes when things in our life don't happen as we want or, or things in our country don't happen as we want, we get anxious and fearful and, and act like that, that things are out of control. Things are not out of control, my friend. We serve a sovereign God who is not subject to whoever is in office or who is rioting where or what the economy is doing or anything else. Nothing that has happened or will happen was a surprise to him or is beyond his control. There is nothing that has taken place or could ever take place that would make our God start wringing his hands and say, wow, I didn't see that coming. What am I going to do now? You can believe it. You can be confident we serve a sovereign God who created all things and is in control of all things. Here's number two. You can be confident of this. God will not allow anything to happen to his world or his people 
that he has not already to plan, already planned to use for his purpose. Does it mean that everything that happens is good? No. But God knows all things and he uses all things. And, and sometimes we look at something and we just say, I, I don't understand this. I don't, I don't have any idea, God, what you're doing. And in those times, we need to remind ourselves he doesn't owe us an explanation. But he has a plan. For everything that takes place, our sovereign God has a plan to use it for his purpose. And here's the third thing you can be confident of. The destructive acts of sinful humanity will not impede the redemptive plan of our sovereign God. It may feel like it, but we are not subject to who's in political office. We are not subject to the people who affect the economy. We are under subjection to a sovereign God who has a plan for this world. And all of the evil and all of the corruption and all of the malfeasance that sinful mankind can perpetrate on itself will not thwart the plan of our sovereign God. So, child of God, face 2021 with confidence. Be confident. Because we can live with confidence in our sovereign God. Let's pray together. Lord, we confess today that we are not fearful people. We are confident people. Not in ourselves. Not in our fellow man. Not in those who are in authority. We are confident in you, O God. There is nothing beyond your control. There is nothing beyond the redemptive plan that you have had before creation for those you created and those you have redeemed by the blood of your Son. So help us to look forward to 2021 and beyond with confidence, knowing that we are safe, we are secure, We are in your hands. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, everybody.